Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell. Welcome into another edition of The Howler. Ethan Barry here alongside you. Madison Bell will be with me shortly, but before she does join me, we're going to uh, talk a little bit of soccer. Last week we talked about soccer on the varsity level. This week we're going to talk about club soccer. And uh, they had a huge weekend this past weekend, and they'll have another big weekend coming up in a couple of weeks. And we were actually joined by Andrew Malinick, a senior forward on the hockey on the soccer team. Excuse me, not the hockey team, the soccer team. So let's get right into that interview. We're joined by senior forward Andrew Malinick. Andrew, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, Ethan. Glad to be on the air. Yes, thank you for joining us. So we, the club soccer team, if you don't know, played in a huge tournament uh, this past weekend. But before we talk about that, we want to talk about your guys' season up until this point. So what can you tell us about uh, your season here in the first couple months of the school year? All right. Well, um, basically, uh, uh, we started out the season um, in pool play. Uh, we were uh, undefeated through the regular season, and we uh, had only conceded uh, one goal in pool play while scoring several. And then um, with a UNC win over Duke later on in the season, we were able to clinch the number one seed in our region for the first time in a, in a long while. And then um, two weeks ago, we went up to uh, Virginia Tech to the tournament, and uh, we were able to go on to win the tournament and remain undefeated and winning uh, as champions of the VT tournament for two years running now. That's good to hear. The club soccer team's a great team. And you guys are actually headed to nationals in a couple of weeks. Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are going to be doing and how you qualified for that? Um, well, uh, uh, since we did do well at regionals, um, basically we got the, the qualification for nationals, which is going to be out in Arizona, and uh, it's the top three teams from each of the six regions in the U.S., and we'll go out there and play, representing as the champion of Region 2, along with uh, the University of Virginia and the University of Florida as the other automatic qualifiers. So tell us about a little bit about this regional tournament that you guys, I believe you won, right? Yes, uh, we actually did win. We won in a penalty kick shootout when it came down to the 10th shooter. Uh, 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 junior Will Glass uh, scored the 10th penalty for us to give us the win after a big save from our keeper, Christian Hall. But um, before that, uh, we, uh, we had a group that involved uh, Clemson, uh, the University of Alabama, and the University of Georgia. We're able to win all three of those games, posting several goals and a stout back line, not giving up many. We then uh, got to face UNCW in the quarterfinals, where we beat them 3-0 and also beat them for the third time on the season, which was uh, pretty proud of us as they were the number one ranked team for most of the season, according to the the rankings. And then uh, we got a we played a very good Florida team in the semifinal, where we were able to beat them 3-1. to uh, Christian Hall, our keeper, had massive big saves. As long as our back line doing a great job keeping the keeping the scores low for the other team, and uh, we did our job as the forwards and midfielders to get the score on the other side and get to the final where we played UVA for the third time this season, where uh, we finished two two and then played overtime. And then, like I said, we won 
on our 10th penalty kick shot from Will Glass to win and penalty kicks to win the regional title. I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I've followed... I mean, I keep up with soccer a little bit, but 10 penalty kicks. I've I've never heard of anything like that in any sport. But um, it sounds yeah, like it was a crazy game. Yeah, it was game. crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, we... We stormed, we stormed the keeper and our and uh, and Will after that. It was it was very exciting. That's awesome to hear. What I mean, what kind of season have you guys had compared to what you've done in the past? Um, basically, we've had good runs in the past, and uh, but this year we are we are playing some of the best soccer that I think this club team has seen. We are fifteen wins, zero losses, and three ties. We are still holding on to an undefeated season, and wow. the guys are really pumped about it. We're really playing well together, and that's our motivator as we've been going through the whole season. That's good to hear. So when are you guys heading to Arizona? Is that correct for the Nationals? Yes. Yes, it's in Phoenix. Um, the tournament is November 16th through the 18th, which is that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So we'll travel on that Wednesday and Hopefully, if we go all the way to the final, we'll be coming back Sunday as national champs. Yeah, that's good to hear. I mean, NC State varsity sports have been getting better every year, and it's it's good to see club sports uh, playing playing extremely well as well. One more question for you, not related to the club team. You, the varsity okay. team has done has uh, had a huge year this year after a couple of down years. What does it mean for you guys? Does this what kind of relationship do you have with the varsity team and how does seeing them have such a big year affect you guys? Um, yeah, definitely watching the varsity guys. Uh, they, they are putting together a great season. I think under the new coach, uh, he's definitely got them motivated. I think they're definitely playing well, few key transfers and, uh, just a, a solid freshman class coming in. It's, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, it definitely has been fun to watch and, I believe they play the first round of the ACC tournament. They host it tomorrow night, Wednesday yeah. night, here in Raleigh. At yeah, the, I've also also uh, heard it's the first ever time. Yeah, it that, is. Uh, the and I think it was the, for hosting. Yeah, yeah, it was the first ever time for the women's team as well, who won. Yes, uh, last. It week. was big, big weekend for uh, NCSU soccer. Yeah, I don't think it gets much bigger than that between club soccer and men's and women's soccer. Well, Andrew, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us here on The Howler. Oh, thanks for having me, Ethan. Andrew Malitink's one of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet. Great player on the soccer team, club soccer team, and uh, great representative of the team and of the university as well. Now we're going to talk some football. Madison Bell is joining me now. How are you doing today, Madison? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Now we're going to transition into uh, into football, NC State lost to Notre Dame last week 35 to 14. And before we get into the talking about the NC State side of things, I just want to preface things with everything that we say. I mean, we're obviously biased. We're both huge NC State fans, so obviously anything we're going to say is going to be um you know, in support of NC State. But I I just wanted to preface this. Notre Dame is a great team. Absolutely. And I I don't know exactly what they're ranked this week, but the Notre Dame team that I, I saw was like fifth, fifth maybe sixth. The playoff rankings come out in half an hour, um, so we'll see where they are there. But 
the the team that that the team that played NC State and the team that I saw a little bit of play USC, that team was the best team in the country. Like, I haven't watched Alabama play this year, but for every game that I've watched, I don't know that there's a team in the country that would have beaten Notre Dame this week or last week. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know how it's to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's not there wasn't really a weakness on the team. I think throwing the ball is probably a weakness for them. But when you get ahead in games, you don't have to throw. And when your running game is that good, you don't have to throw. Um, so I, I just wanted to say that. Um, and, you know, give Notre Dame all the credit in the world. Last year, that was not a good football team that we saw in Raleigh. Not even a little bit. And um, they lost an NFL quarterback. And, you know, they came back. And they're a lot better this year than they were last year. So, you know, give Notre Dame all the credit in the world. There's no shame for NC State in losing that game. I None at all. I they go win the national championship just because they spanked us to yeah. make us look better. <laughs> I mean, th- like, there's just no shame in losing to that team. They're, like, not none. Zero. Um, but that doesn't mean NC State played well. Shouts to them for scoring their first touchdown ever against yeah. us. <laughs> yes. It's big. been a while. Big day for them. <laughs> big day for Notre Dame football in that aspect. They scored more than one, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they scored, a lot more than one. They scored plenty, but <clears throat> I mean, I do think NC State didn't play well. And, you know, honestly, even if State had played well, I'm not sure that would have been enough. You know, like that's how good Notre Dame was yeah. playing. I'm not sure that our best would have beaten their best. And a lot of the hope going into that game for me had to do with the fact that they had just played USC in a huge rivalry game. And they had looked so good. And I was like, there's no way coming off such a big game that they'll look that good the next week. But sure enough, they did. And um, Their secondary looked good, too. Everybody's talking about how bad their secondary was supposed to be, but their secondary was better than ours. Yeah, and they jumped like four or five routes. Like, they were just there, and they were almost picks. They did their homework. They sure did. And... um, you know, NC State didn't play well, like we said. I think if you really want to be specific about when the game was over, you could say it was when Naheem Hines got hurt and didn't come back in the game. You could also say it was after the fourth down play, uh, deep in Notre Dame territory. We'll get to those things later, but NC State, for me, the most disappointing part of the loss is you're played a team like Notre Dame, who's playing as well as they are. And this was basically, this was an icing on the cake season, or game, excuse me. Like, this game would have been gravy if you win, but it's not what you really want. You want the ACC Atlantic, right? I agree. So it was just, it was a measuring stick type of game for the pack against, like I said, probably the best team in the country right now. They may not win the national championship. They probably won't. But the way they're playing right now, like, that's a national championship team. And so, for me, the most disappointing part is not being able to see how NC State stacks up with their best game against one of the best teams in the country. And, you know, injuries had a lot to do with it. And um, so did the referees, you know. I don't think the, – the refs definitely did not cost NC State the game. Like, don't – No. Not, not even a little bit. It didn't help. But it wasn't the reason why we lost. No, exactly. And, you know, NC State had 12 penalties. But if you go back and watch, a lot of them were not 
Like they were the right calls. Like false starts. You know, those are the right calls. And I think the biggest issue with the refs is the pass interferences. I think they call the pass interference on Jonathan Alston, I believe. And um, it extended a drive, if I remember correctly, in the first half. But, and they weren't calling pass interference on Notre Dame, who got there plenty early on more than one uh, pass from NC State. So the the refs didn't cost NC State the game at all, but it would have helped. And if NC State was going to win this game, they were going to need some luck from the refs, from some 50-50 balls, from just just the way the ball bounces. And they didn't get that, which is which is fine, but you know, you're not always going to get lucky. And in order to be lucky, in order to be good, you have to be lucky. NC State wasn't lucky and they weren't good on Saturday, so they didn't deserve to win. Yeah, and all these fans who immediately after the game started talking about Dave Doran and about how he doesn't have the it factor, I'm sorry. You clearly, if you are saying things like that, you clearly have not been an NC State fan for very long because you don't know how long NC State fan has been waiting to return to the top 25. Yeah. Like, excuse me, but sit down and shut up because you clearly have not been paying attention if you think that Dave Doran cannot build a program and motivate his players to play well for him and for each other and for this fan base. Yeah, and I mean, NC State, like I said, it was a gravy game, and you didn't really get to see a fair chance. Like, yeah, you gave up 300 rushing yards, but half of the defensive line was hurt. Like you play, you have six main guys, and at least five of them are going to be in the NFL. So you've yep. got your six guys, and three of them got hurt. So how is that a fair representation of how NC State stacks up against Notre Dame? It's not. And Naheem Hines got hurt, and the same thing. Like, I don't know. Where would you rank Naheem on most important players on NC State's offense? I didn't realize. Third, uh, yeah, second. I didn't realize how crucial Naheem Hines and his role was to this NC State like offense and mojo per se until he went down against Notre Dame and I was like oh wow like because you don't really think about how like this process like the offense processes and how like we do like bait the pass with the run and Naheem gets I wonder what his average is. Do you know what his average is Five per carry? Five or six, I'm sure, yeah. Like, you don't realize how crucial that is to offenses and scoring until he goes down. And, no, like, that's not to bash Reggie Gillespie by no. any means because he, because he had a couple good runs against Notre Dame. Yeah. But Naheem is a slippery running back. Mm-hmm. He's tiny. He's fast. You can't see him. Come around the line, coming through holes, and he'll get you. He'll pick up those six yards and bait he, you. Yeah, he's just a huge part, even like even as a decoy. Yeah. And they use J-Sam a lot as a decoy, and they also use Naheem, and that helps sets up other plays. And then when you can't use that as a decoy and you're not getting those yards from Naheem, it just – I remember a few years ago Dave Doran was talking about – when he was a new coach here, he was talking about – they were asking him about the run and why they do run so many times. 
as opposed to, like, coming and throwing the ball on first down. And he made the comment that, like, those two yards, two, three, four yards add up yeah. in a series. And that's what's going to get the first down and make it down the field. And in the case of Naheem Hines, it's incredibly crucial to this NC State offense. Yeah. And the, and the offense didn't adapt well without him, which, like I said, credit to Notre Dame's defense. They were a lot better than I expected. Absolutely. Um, but NC State still left points on the board. I go back to that fourth and one play. I'm not one to bash coaches, offensive coordinators, play calls. Like, they do their research all week. They know the bless, best plays to call against teams. But I'm just not sure what that play was. And on fourth and one, the game's on the line. Like, if you don't score there, that was that was the game. And, like, you could tell. After they didn't score there, that was it. It was over. And I just don't understand. Like, when you, ru- when you saw that play, it was so obvious that they were running, to g- running with Gillespie. I was like, yeah. surely there's no way they're actually just running straight ahead to Gillespie. And, like, what surprised me is, like, we've pulled out trick plays yeah. on other teams during games that, like, did not matter near as much as this one. Like, right. wasn't there a trick – like, wasn't there a pass from, like, Gavin Locklear to yeah. Ryan Finley in, like, the Furman game or something? Yeah. Like – that just gives I'm other sure. teams something to think about. Yeah. But you don't necessarily need a trick play on fourth and No, one. but what I'm saying is if the game is on the line, isn't that the time to pull it out? Yeah. Like, isn't that time to say, all right, here it is. Like, There's a saying, you die with your fastball. You, you're going to win or lose with your best player. And all due respect to Reggie Glassby, very good player. He's not NC State's best player. Nor is he on offense. Nor is he third. I'd probably – third maybe without Naheem it's just hard to replace a running back of Naheem's caliber right with but even if Naheem's in the game I'm not going to him on fourth down I'm going either no. to Jay Sam or Kelvin Harmon yes and like no offense to Jay Sam but Jay Sam is not a true running back no he's not so putting him in the backfield like I might not do much for you I mean here's what I would have done and here's what I was thinking watching that play set up on tv I was thinking either quarterback sneak. It looked like Finley had an easy sneak. I thought the exact same thing. It really looked like he had an easy sneak for two or three yards. And you know what? Might have been even, like, yeah, the game's on the line. But, like, put Jalen McClendon in there. Yeah. And and even if you're not going to run Jalen McClendon, because, you know, they're going to be expecting it. Even right. if you're not going to run Jalen McClendon, pitch it to Jay Sam. But And I can see running a play like that against Furman or Marshall, somebody who you're just physically dominating. But Notre Dame physically dominated NC State the entire game. So I'm not sure why Eli Drinkwitz thought it would be a good idea to just try to, like, have your offensive line beat their defensive line when it hadn't really happened all day. The other play that I would have liked to see is a bootleg. Fake it to Gillespie. Fake that exact play Mm -hmm. and then have him roll out. And then he can either run it or throw it if you have Kelvin Harmon on that side, because every single player was on the other side. so I don't know. Would have been a nice time for a J-Sam touchdown pass. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And Something. Like, literally anything besides that play. Because if that, like, 
it was unsuccessful, and we saw what happened if, after it was unsuccessful. But if it was successful, that is a huge momentum shift. It's a shift. completely different game. Completely different game. Even without Naheem Hines. I just... yeah, And you know what? If you run the J-Sam jet sweep, or you run a, a bootleg pass to J-Sam, and they stop it, then all right. You know? like they ma- tried. They made the play. Like, you died with your best player. You lost the game with your best player making the play. And NC State didn't do that. I don't understand it. Um, I'm sure there was some sort of explanation, but... There's a reason why we're not coaches. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. The other play, I mean, there were three plays um, for me. Well, obviously, there's more than three, but the other one was the pick six, obviously. And then there was a play. Notre Dame had it. I think it was f- still 14 to seven at that point, and they had third and goal. And they had this was like their fifth or sixth play from inside the 10 yard line. And we had them to third and goal, and then they ran a quarterback draw, and they scored the touchdown. I think that would have been a huge play to keep them off the board. Um, But let's talk about that pick six for a little bit. I think that was a designed play. I'm not really sure. What what happened was they snapped it because they thought he was offsides. Yes. Whether or not he was actually offsides, I'm not really sure. I didn't think... To me, in real time, it looked like he got back. And what they were trying to do was draw him off sides to get five yards. I think it was a third and long. But it didn't work out. And it it cost us the game. Like, we were moving the ball on offense on every drive until the pick six and the fourth and one. And then I think we we didn't get another first down. But... I mean, Dave Dorn and Ryan Finley both addressed that in the... Right. And in a press conference, Ryan Finley, being the man that he has blamed it on himself, said that he should have thrown the ball away instead, which I mean. Well, he had a miscommunication with Kelvin Harmon, too, because Kelvin Harmon kept running down the field and Finley thought he was going to stop. And if you're throwing the ball to Kelvin Harmon, like I never have an issue with that. No, because Kelvin is a physical receiver who will go and get the ball for you. Right. That's why he mosses everyone. Yeah. Because he just goes for it. So that play, it was really unfortunate. I don't think it cost NC State the game. That was the kind of play where if it's your day, like the offsides gets called. Yep. And if it's not your day, then the offsides doesn't get called. And it wasn't NC State's day. And... Rest in peace to Ryan Finley's streak. But yeah, I mean, we were talking about me, during the game. We, part it, of me it needed is to glad end. it's over. It needed because, to end. Because, yep. like, that pressure isn't there anymore. Now, I'm not saying he needs to go out there and be like, oh, whatever, if I throw an interception, eh, whatever. Which, I don't think he's going to do that anyway. No. But, it's over. Yeah. You know? He only has one. All these other quarterbacks have, like, seven, eight. They're being considered for the Heisman. Yeah. And then there's Ryan Finley, who... Just threw his first one in like week nine. Yeah. But it's fine. I mean, it's good. It's over. You know, I think if Kelvin Harmon had been there to tackle him or anybody had tackled him, I think it's a different. Yeah. It's a different outcome. The fact that it was a pick six is what was so disheartening for the rest of the team. That was definitely a. There was any sort of buzz kill. Yeah. That or if there was any sort of buzz left. That yeah. was the killer. Yeah. 
I'm not going to talk about NC State's defense for too long. They gave up 28 points. They gave up a ton of rushing yards. But that happens when half of your defensive line gets hurt. It happens. And when you're playing a team like that. And like I said, give credit to Notre Dame's offensive line. Like, those dudes were some monsters. And NC State made their plays. Like, there was at least six or seven tackles for loss, no gain, one yard. But Notre Dame got theirs, too. And that's what's going to happen when you've got such a huge matchup. Each team's going to win some. You've just got to hope you won more. And Notre Dame won more. And shout out special teams. Yeah. Blocking that punt. That punt block was exciting. That was very exciting. And And when Bradley Chubb got a sack, man, that first (laughs) sack right off the bat, I was like, it's Louisville. But, you know, we see how that turned out. Yeah. So – if you're going to sit here and bash the defense and talk about how they're overrated. Just don't. 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 They, gave, they only gave up 28 points on a bad day. And with, how many points did USC give up? Yeah. Well, and that's not what it's about. But you only gave up 28 points when you gave up so many yards. And, you know, Notre Dame deserved that one. We didn't, you know. So pretty much my only regret from this game is seeing how our A game stacks up against Notre Dame's A game. We'll never know. I wish we could get a rematch, but we're not going to. Now we're going to look ahead to Clemson, and it's a pretty big game. Uh, yeah. I was. I mean, if NC State had beaten Notre Dame, it would have been the biggest game in Carter Friendly Stadium history. I'm sad it's not at eight o'clock. It might still be it, honestly. It's. It's up there. It's going to be rowdy in the Carter on Saturday. It's up there because, I mean, NC State's played other games against Florida State, you know, Clemson, obviously. But this one, this one pretty much clinches the Atlantic Division for you. You only need, you only need one more if you can win this one. And even you just say, oh, well, it's just the Atlantic. I mean, I don't think any NC State's fan is saying that. I haven't heard it. But even still, you're getting back into the top 15. Like, you're still proving yourself as a national contender. Like, this isn't just some fluke. Five and three, like, oh, we won the tiebreaker, so we're going to the conference championship like Chapel Hill did a couple years ago. But, like, this is a legit conference championship if NC State, or division championship anyway, if NC State can win this week. So that's what makes it such a big game for me. But NC State's going to have to play better, obviously. Captain Obvious here. (laughs) But Clemson's beatable, and everybody talked about how Notre Dame was a good matchup for NC State. And they were, unless, you know, they play like that. And Clemson is too, unless they dominate and look like they did against Louisville and Virginia Tech. And you bring up, you know, the fact that it's not an 8 o'clock game, which isn't fun. You know, the 8 o'clock game would have been fun. (coughs) But the stadium is still going to be loud. Oh, yeah. It's still going to be a huge home field advantage for NC State. Absolutely. Um. And if anyone from Clemson tells you that they're not scared, they're lying. Yeah. They are lying. Well, one thing with Clemson is they do tend to get up for the bigger games and not play so well against... The Syracuse? Syracuse, yeah. But like 8 o'clock, ABC, game day was there. They destroyed Louisville and Virginia Tech. So maybe that's a good thing for NC State, that it's not 8 o'clock, game day is not there. Which, I'm just going to throw this out there. If NC State had beaten Notre Dame, game day would have been in Raleigh this weekend. Um, But, you know, NC State can win this game if Naheem Hines 
I'm not sure if NC State can win without Naheem Hines. I'm not really interested in finding I out. I go back to two years ago when he ran one back. Yeah. That would be fun. And you we know should what? do that again. Yeah, you should. <laughs> and you know what? If NC State knows they're not going to have Naheem, at least they can game plan around having Reggie Gillespie the whole game. I think they're planning on having Naheem. Everything I've heard has said that he will be playing on Saturday. Yeah. Or everything I've seen. I sure hope so. I hope so, too. I mean, it changes a lot if he's not out there. He won't be out there at 100%, so Reggie Gillespie's going to be called on uh, even more so, which that means NC State's going to have to play with a lead because Reggie Gillespie is a pounder. Oh, yes. Like, he's not here to... He's not here to make friends. No, he's not here to run by you, either. He's here to run over you. Yes. It's Um, like a bulldozer. So NC State's got to play from ahead. The Clemson defense, though, it's frightening. It really is. If you're going to see a front seven that's as good or better than NC State's, this is it. So NC State's going to have to throw the ball, and the offensive line is going to have to win the battles, which they didn't really do all the time against Notre Dame. Which I also want to talk about the fact that that was the first I know we're going back to the Notre Dame game, but Ryan Finley hasn't been hit since oh, the no. South Carolina game. Yeah. and He got hit. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm glad he got hit against Notre Dame, but like he, it, he's he. I hope he doesn't, but he might get sacked against Clemson. Yeah, you know. So like, I mean, he will. They'll get. To yeah, him. they will. Now, They're that like, good. He is back in that mindset. You yeah, know, absolutely. like he's not invincible. Point. Like so, I think he was a little jitter. He got a little jittery in the pocket against Notre Dame. So I mean, that's a good point. Uh, like, hopefully, he will. Settle down against Clemson. He's back in the groove of, oh, I just got popped and put on my butt. I mean, not only did he not get sacked for four ACC games in a row, he didn't get touched. touched. <laughs> like th- there was no nobody laid a finger on him. No, like. there was nobody ever near him. And so Clemson's going to change that. They are, you know. They're going to win some battles, just like Notre Dame's won some battles last week in mm-hmm. NC State won. It's going to be the same thing this week. Notre Dame's defensive line <laughs> is going to win some battles. Clemson's defense. Clemson, sorry. It's Not, okay. yeah. No, you're good. You're good. So that's going to happen. NC State, where NC State has an advantage, where we also thought they had an advantage against Notre Dame, but they didn't because um, Notre Dame's defense was a lot better than we expected, is down the field throwing the ball. Kelvin Harmon, Steph Lewis. NC State's going to need to make a lot more happen with the passing game. And it didn't happen for whatever reason against Notre Dame. I can't tell you why they were jumping routes. I can't tell you why the plays didn't work. Um, other than Kelvin Harmon. But, you know, and see, Ryan Finley's going to have to bounce back and have a big game. He really does. If he thinks he's going to the NFL this year, this is a huge game. This is probably the biggest game of his life, playing the closest thing you'll see to an NFL defense, especially after he played so poorly against Notre Dame. But we'll see what happens. One spot where NC State does have an advantage is the kicking game, which is shocking to say. But it's true. <laughs> Um. So it's crazy how karma works. <laughs> yeah, it is. Maybe Clemson will miss a game-winning field goal <laughs> this week. But uh, that brings me to the NC State defense against the Clemson offense. The Clemson offense—they're also a running offense, but it's a different kind of running offense because they run a lot of design plays for their quarterback, and they run a lot of like trickery—not trickery, but. The interesting Notre Dame is here's a read option play on every single down. So here's our Heisman Trophy running back. Here's our quarterback who can run. See if you can stop him. 
Clemson is a lot more, I'm not sure exactly what the word, creative, I guess, with their offense. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, when you're Notre Dame, you don't have to be creative, so let's not knock them. But And I think it's a better matchup for NC State because they can they can hit Kelly Bryant. And I'm not saying they need to injure him or anything like that. I would absolutely not say no. anything like that. But like we were talking about with Ryan Finley, if they get hit, you know, that changes things. You know, you hit them in the first quarter, they're not going to be the same in the fourth quarter. So if NC State can contain Kelly Bryant and they run him between the tackles a lot, if those defensive tackles, Justin Jones, hopefully he's ready to go, B.J. Hill, Andreas Bryant, if they can force Kelly Bryant to have to dance around before making a move when he's running, like that's going to be huge, and that's going to allow the running the linebackers to come up and make a play. So we'll see what happens. I would like to say that we've contained a running quarterback before in Lamar Jackson, but Lamar is more of a scrambler. It's yep. a very good point. So it'll be interesting to see Lamar yeah. Jackson versus Kelly Bryant and how our defense handles that because it is a more designed play, like you mentioned, as exactly. opposed to just Lamar Jackson making something out of nothing right and yeah that's a very good point and it'll be interesting if nc state can get ahead by two touchdowns and force clemson to throw i don't think clemson's gonna like that i really don't because you saw that's what happened against syracuse syracuse got ahead and forced clemson to throw and they couldn't do it like they were shook so and nc state has a much better defense than syracuse so if NC State can do that, get ahead, score some points early, and then run the ball with Reggie Gillespie, I think that'll be a huge recipe for uh, success this weekend. One thing I would like to see from our defense is more forced turnovers. Yeah. It's I, crazy how they can't we force are, turnovers. We are fantastic against sacking the quarterback, like when it comes to sacking the quarterback. Like our defensive line will eat you. The rushing defense is very good Yes, too. the rushing defense will eat you. But like, <clears throat> and they'll pop you, but like, I'd love to see a forced fumble, you know? Yeah, I would too. And like. And I've said turnovers are a lot of luck. <clears throat> like, yeah, you got to make the play. But there's a lot of luck. Like sometimes you can get an interception because the quarterback and the wide receiver have a miscommunication. Sometimes you you cover recover a fumble because the ball bounced your way instead of theirs. So it's you're like right. the interception against Louisville was that the last? Yeah. Well, it was tipped up in the air, so he like yeah. the state made the play. But but still, was that the last? Like, I think we forced a fumble against Pitt at the end of the game. Oh, it was, okay. It was pretty much meaningless, but yeah. <clears throat> and those are few and far between. They are. And but that's not to like bash our defense or anything like that like our offense our offense doesn't do it either knock on wood you know doesn't really but that's because finley's smart like nc state has fumbled (coughs) and they've lost the fumbles the south Uh, carolina game was was a nightmare a disaster yeah but i think what they did from that was like they learned they learned from that which i'd rather them learn from it the first game of the season as opposed to now yeah, and speaking of learning from things, NC State had probably the most disappointing loss, one of the most disappointing losses 
in all of NC State disappointing losses history, which there's a lot of them. It was up there. Yeah. And this was a disappointing loss to Notre Dame. It was a different kind of disappointing loss because you didn't play well. And such a big stage, you want to play well, show the country what you're made of, but it didn't happen. You've got another opportunity to bounce back. How NC State handles adversity. This is the first time NC State's had to handle adversity this year. You can talk about losing the South Carolina game, but they had two games against Marshall and Furman. And all due respect to Marshall and Furman, NC State was the better team, and I don't really consider that handling adversity. This is adversity. This is you just played a terrible game on national TV with a chance to get into the top ten. So how are you going to respond against a team that's just as good? Yeah. And so how are you able to put last year behind you, not last year, last week, and say, hey, this is a much more mature team than last year who let one loss turn into four? NC State can't do that this year. If they do that this year, then – I mean, I don't even – it's going to be a disaster. And I don't think they're going to have that hangover that they developed last year because of the fact that they were already playing with a chip on their shoulder. Any of them would have told you that at the beginning of the season. They were already playing with a chip on their shoulder, and they were working their way up, got to number 14, and now they're bumped back down to 20. Yeah. So – They've been bumped back down, and they're like, "All right, like yeah. just an, like it's chipping away," and they're like, "All right, yeah. let's like they know that they're better than that." Oh yeah, and they are. Like this is not the twentieth best team in the country, and they want to prove it. Yeah, and they've got to. If they don't <clears throat> prove it, if I'll just say this: if they don't prove it this week, they won't prove it this year. Because if you lose to Clemson, Notre Dame. I mean, your best wins are already not looking so great. Yeah. So if you don't win this week, people are going to say, even if you finish at 9-3, and three, people are still going to be like, eh, I don't know. How good were they actually? It makes you wonder if NC State is the team causing hangovers this year. Yeah, that's true. But I just – it's such a huge game because of that. Like, like Dave Doran's reputation might be on the line this week. It might. Like the program, like – all this progress that we saw from beating Florida State, beating Louisville, well, you just went up to Notre Dame and got smacked in the face. So how are you going to get up and bounce back against Clemson? And this is a winnable game. If NC State plays their A game, which they haven't yet this year, if NC State plays their A game, they'll win this game. I, I promise you that. Yes. If you look back and say, well, there's not much we could have done differently, but we still lost, it's not going to happen. It's not. And so... Um, we'll see. I mean, it's a huge game from from that aspect. It doesn't have national implications, but it's a huge game. So, um, absolutely. We'll see what happens. Wish game day would have been here, but they're not. You got to take care of business, and NC State didn't. Um, so we'll see. I mean. I, I can't reiterate how how big of a game it is. I really can't. I can't tell you enough. And um, NC State's going to win in overtime. You think NC State wins in overtime? Yes, by a touchdown. I've been thinking that. I'm not sure if I should knock on wood. I've been thinking for a <coughs> while that we haven't played an overtime game, but we actually played Clemson in an overtime game last year. But That's why. Yeah. Revenge. I yeah. 
It's a revenge game. And and to your point, NC State has done really well in their revenge games. Like that's been a big theme yeah. for them this year. Absolutely. Like, they owed Florida State. They owed Louisville. And guess what? They got their revenge. So they got I'm sure. Exactly. So I'm sure this is also a huge revenge game for them. Especially against the team that was the eventual national champion yeah. that they had so close in Death Valley. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. It's just a big game. It's the biggest game I can remember. Because, I mean, if you win this game, then you're like, all right, that's a top 10 team. You know? Yeah. That is. And um, obviously, Atlantic Division. It's been like turned on its head this year, but. It has. And not to overlook Boston <laughs> College or Wake Forest, but NC State, I don't care how good they look. NC State should win those games. But there's yes. no doubt in my mind. Should. NC State should. Keyword should. And we're also playing at Wake, which we historically do not have. It is a tough place to play. A good record going. And Wake's played well this year. They have. To so. BB&T Field? BB&T. Something like that. Something BB&T Stadium, Stadium, maybe. BB&T Field. BB&T. We'll go with BB&T. Okay. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting. No so not to overlook any of those games. No. But I just think that if NC State beats Clemson, they've handled success a lot better than they've handled adversity. So now they've got to prove that they can handle adversity this year. I agree. Um, so we'll see if they can do that on Saturday, 3.30 ABC. Probably one of the biggest games of the week. Not the game of the week like it would have been, but... People are watching. You know, that's right. People are watching, and, um, you know... It'll be the most popular 3.30 game, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think it will. I'll just say this, too, about Virginia <laughs> Tech and Miami. Miami is overrated, I hope NC State plays Miami in the ACC championship game. I'll just say that. Just as we get off topic here, we can talk about the rest of the ACC for like two minutes. But I just do need to say these two things. Miami is overrated. Miami will get beat by Virginia Tech. They'll get beat by Notre Dame. And they might get – well, they probably won't get beat by Florida. Actually, I don't think they play Florida. But if we face them in the ACC championship game, give me NC State by three touchdowns in that game. But – the other thing, Florida State. The is indeed not back. Well, don't tell not ES yet. Don't tell ESPN. But it, let me just say this about Florida State, and then we'll go. Florida State is a better team than they look. They are a better team than they look. They've quit, and I feel like that was kind of us last year. Well, yeah, <laughs> we were a better team than we were a better no, team that's than our record said last year. I don't think I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say <laughs> our team quit, but they. I mean, you could tell they let one loss turn into four, and that's what Florida State has done. They let one loss against us turn into two against Miami, yes. and now here they are at two and five, getting beat by four touchdowns against Boston College, which I don't care how good you think Boston College actually is. That's a different discussion we can have next week, getting ready for that game. They are not four touchdowns better than Florida State. But my point being, the Florida State team that NC State beat was a top 15 game, top 15 team. Oh, like that, yeah. Like they played really well in that game. And they just got beat by NC State. They did. And it sucks that Francois is out with injury, but they don't really have anything to play for after they lost to Miami. No. Because they're sitting at 0-3. And that's they had why national championship hopes. Exactly. And it went straight through the floor real quick. Yeah. And at that point, it's a momentum kill. And it's like, well, what? Like, exactly. Wait, we'll try again next year, I guess. So don't let anybody tell you that that Florida State win wasn't a good win. It doesn't look good on the resume, two and five, whatever their record is. 
But if you watch that game, you know that it was a good win for NC State. It was. Louisville game's still a good win, too, even though they're not doing as well. I never thought Louisville was that good. They do have Lamar Lamar Jackson. They do have Lamar Jackson. That's my point. Yeah. Anytime you beat Lamar Jackson, you're doing It's a good day when you beat Lamar Jackson. So we'll say, you say you have NC State in overtime? Yeah. I say that. (sighs) I don't know. Yeah. Yes. I've gone back and forth on games all year, but I've been unable to change my mind on this game. And I think Clemson wins a close one. Like, super close. Probably. uh, By, like, a point or by, like, a field goal? (laughs) I mean, I'd probably go 24-20. Oh, wow. Actually, no. 30... Twenty no twenty eight twenty four will be my guess. Okay. Clemson. Okay. Clemson wins, but um, wouldn't shock me at all to see NC State win. And never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that NC State might be a better team than Clemson. But I think the atmosphere is gonna play a lot. Yeah, but Clemson Clemson's game. used to playing in that atmosphere, so I feel like that might no, actually hurt us. I mean, for our purposes. Yeah. Oh, it it absolutely helps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We haven't been at home in. It's been almost a a month. month. Yeah, and obviously it's a huge game. So we'll see what happens. We will be back next week to talk about it, win or lose. We want to thank Andrew Malinick from the club soccer team for joining us. We want to congratulate them on their year so far. Absolutely. And wish them good luck in Phoenix in November. Madison, thank you for being here. That will do it for us here on the Howler. Come back and check us out next week. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of Wolfpack Sports Television. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.